But what we what we find and what the studies have found with Velocify doing these white papers is that the companies who use a prioritization structure nearly all of the time, their salespeople are able to make 49% more contact attempts per day. And so what I do with salespeople is kind of back in the numbers. Let's say, how many, how many phone calls are you making per day? And back in my day, of course, it was like 100 calls per day. But today, we just use a basic number of 20 calls. And if you can make 49% more contact attempts just by following the structure, you're now making 30 calls a day, right? 10 more calls per day. And if you multiply that out, it just becomes a number game at this point. We can back into the numbers. 22 business days in a month. Now we're making 220 more contact attempts. We're now making, if we have a, let's just say 50% contact rate, I now have 110 more contacts that I've made. And you start back into the numbers, you can close 10, 15 more loans per month, literally just by following this prioritization structure. You didn't do anything different. You didn't put any more effort into it. All you did was you knew of what was most important from top to bottom and you worked that order from top to bottom every day and you ultimately close more loans with doing the same level of effort. So get down to seat and jump around, jump around. All right. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Batting a Thousand. Uh, I am so excited to be with you today. And uh, this is where we bring in heavy hitters from the mortgage and finance industry to really help um, our clients, to help uh, the mortgage industry at large, to help people out there in um, our financial services industry to really shine and succeed and basically bat a thousand. Get, get the tips and the techniques and the strategies from the, the best of the best so that you can really crush your numbers. Today, I am so excited and so honored to have Scott Payne with me. Scott is a longtime friend, longtime colleague. He is an absolute beast when it comes to the CRM world. He is the founder and CEO of STP Solutions. They're a lead management consulting company that really assists sales organizations, mortgage companies, um, and, and, and lenders with optimizing and improving their lead conversion metrics. And we all know how important that is. Um, Scott was a prior VP of Home Captain, so he's got a lot of experience in the background. He worked at Velocify. He was a VP of Originations Marketing for 10 years at NationStar. He's loaded with experience, and he's just an absolutely great guy. So, so glad to have him. Scott, welcome to the to the show and to our, hey, this is the first podcast, and I couldn't have think of a better guy to have on it. I'm honored to have you, my friend. Dale, I'm so excited to be here and so honored to be the first guest of this uh, this new endeavor. I'm so so proud of you for moving in the podcast space. We've been, we have a podcast. You see the banner behind me here, but yeah, the, yep. uh, you know, podcasts are fun. Welcome. Thanks they for having are. Me. They are. I've been a guest on yours and it was awesome being on there. And you know what? We yep. certainly promote what you're trying to do. And, uh, you know, I, I'm just glad to have you because the thing I love about you outside of the fact you're just an, a, a great family man, you're, you're a dad, you've been married to Liz for a long time, you guys have a great family, uh, you're a super ethical guy, and you know what, you're, you're generous. Um, Scott has been a great partner with us with Mortgage Professionals Providing Hope. He's been super, super giving. Um, he's been doing all kinds of things to help people around the world who are hurting and in the US. So Scott, I appreciate that about you. and you know this business inside and out. So let, let's dive in. Let's let's talk about the mortgage industry. Let's talk about CRM. Let's talk about that. And, and let me just start with this. You know, I, this is my 40th year. This is my 40th year in the mortgage industry. 
Okay. And I remember back when I started 40 years ago, you know, we had Rolodexes and everything was manual. There was no technology. We have come a long way since then, Scott. And you've been on the cutting edge of that. You've worked with the top companies, top tech firms, and, and the top companies that are dealing with CRM situations. And I know that your heart is the same as mine. It's to help companies to really convert their leads and not waste money, have leads laying on the floor dying because they don't have a good system. So why don't we begin? Tell me what you're seeing today as a market trend, as a business trend in the mortgage arena that um, you see the, the number one concern that you have about technologies and the uses of technology, specifically CRMs, and making sure we have good lead management. Yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> the place I would start is I think we really just need like to hit a reset button, right? The reset button of, uh, you know, rates have been super low and they're starting to creep up and what does the future look like and these types of things. And so we're really working with a lot of lenders today on hitting the reset button and resetting the expectations of what is required or what is needed to be successful from salespeople. So, you know, when, when the phone's ringing off the hook and you're just, you know, shooting fish in the barrel, it's just closing deals as fast as you can the a lot of times people forget about going back to the basics and so we're working yeah. with a lot of lenders today on getting back to the basics and one of the biggest basics that, that i believe there is and one of the things we promote and talk about and with every customer it's one of the, the foundations of what we do is around prioritization of how you follow up with leads or could be even loans uh, which i'll get to more later but ultimately you know taking a lead and making sure that you're calling it the right number of times and at the right time and following up the right way. And, you know, with technology and all of the partners that are out there today, we can start to leverage in some automation so that, you know, you don't have to do three or four things. Every time you call a lead, you can click a button and it automatically spits out these things uh, to the customer while driving a really good experience. I mean, ultimately that's what we're trying to do is give a great customer experience. Uh, and, you know, I, I do a lot of, you've seen it over the years. We do these, uh, secret shops of, of our companies. And yep. uh, what we find is that, you know, people just haven't, you know, they're not following up the right way. And customers expect a certain experience when they hit the submit button on a lead provider. They expect that the phone's going to ring within seconds. They expect they're going to receive text messages. And when you're a customer, when you're a company who's not following up with the customers in the right way or have a strategy, it doesn't look very good. Um, so, you know, we spend a lot of our time on that prioritization, setting up the structure the right way. I talked about loans. So one of the things that really we've uncovered as kind of the digital mortgage, uh, ex, you know, has happened over the last couple of years as you started to, hey, go fill out my app, go fill out my application, you know, go to this link. Well, there's a lot of missed opportunity there because sometimes if you give that link to a customer too early in the process and you've given them and say, hey, go fill this out and then they go fill it out and then they ask you ask them for their social security number or you ask them to connect to their bank accounts. If you give it too early in the process, they're going to, going to abandon. Yeah. And it's just going to say, I'm not going to fill this out. And what we find is that companies are missing out on a huge chunk there of customers who got into the process and they ended up abandoning uh, halfway through. And so what we're helping clients with now is setting up a prioritization structure for how they follow up with those, uh, those abandoned applications. So there needs to be, it's almost becomes like a lead again, even though it's in your POS. And so it's all setting up the prioritization and it's not just the leads anymore. Now we're following up now with loans. And then you get into the LOS. There's opportunities there when you pull credit and the customer, and maybe you've pitched the loan to somebody, you need to follow up with them in, in an organized way. Follow up to get, you know, talk to the spouse and to do this and that. 
So we're working a lot with integrations with their systems to come back into the lead management system and then prioritizing those now loans with the leads, which are also important. We can't forget about our leads. So how do we structure that? And we have all kinds of tips and strategies and things that we use. Every organization is just a little bit different with their process. We're able to kind of fine tune that. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the, the foundation yeah. of what we do is the prioritization, saving the sales rep time because they spend time thinking about what to do next, right? Just think of, you know, when, when you get done doing a task and you need to figure out what to do next, the amount of time that you spend there is monumental. I mean, it's just a ton of time wasted every day. 40% of your day really is wasted. If you add up all of those one minute here, five minutes here, 10 minutes here, you add all that, you've wasted 40% of your, of your day. And so we're hoping to reduce that down as low as possible so that you can make as many phone calls as you can per day or make, you know, send as many messages you need to per day or emails, whatever you need to do. We can save you some time in your day. And that's, that's ultimately what we're trying to do. Okay. So <laughs> you just I went through a you lot. Just, you just dropped about 20 golden nuggets there. And I, I so Sorry. appreciate yeah. that. That's why I'm so glad you're on here. Let's start unpacking some of that. Okay. And, and I want to begin, let, let, let's kind of begin, let's go back to the beginning. You said something so vitally important a moment ago, and that is this whole concept of use of time. You know, I've always been a promote proponent and always believed that. And, and I say this all the time with, with uh, loan officers that I train and even leaders that I train that, you know, the, the one thing that top producers and low producers have in common is 24 hours in a day. OK, we, we all got that. At least we hope we got that today. <laughs> Let's hope that's right. the case. The thing they don't have in common is how they use that 24 hours. That's what separates top performance from low performance at a lender level, at a corporate level, at a loan officer level, at every single level. So having a system, which is something through Mortgage Champions we've we've promoted for 26 years, we teach a selling system because of exactly what you said. You need to go into every sale and you need to know exactly what it is you want to do and want to say in the process you want to follow so you control that call and you're more efficient in that. But let's just unpack that a little bit because you talked about that, you talked about prioritization, you talked about responsiveness, all critical things in providing a great customer experience. Let's start with first that prioritization piece. I've always been a proponent that, you know, all leads obviously are not alike. If you have 25 leads sitting in your queue today, there's going to be one that's the very best, one that's the very worst, and every one of those other 23 fall in order between those. Let's talk a little bit about what you see and what are some important attributes and some important things for loan officers to understand in prioritizing their leads and then following that prioritization schedule and staying on that so you build those efficiencies. Because would you agree to this statement? Would you agree that from a customer experience standpoint, responsiveness is one of the key things that consumers point to as either creating a great experience or a bad experience. And that's really how you handle your leads and whether you prioritize them properly. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. When we talk a lot about speed to lead, um, you know, being important and setting a really good first impression with a customer when that lead comes in. If, if, if you take 12 hours to call a lead, you're setting the expectation up front that uh, you know, you're not gonna be as timely. Right. And that's going to resonate yep. with someone up front. They expect yep. a response right away. So absolutely agree with that. So what would you if, if you were to give best practices behaviors for what what should your response time be from the time you get a lead till the time you call them? And I know, you know, as quick as possible is, is the pad answer. But but give us some statistics. Give us some ideas on that, because I know you delve in this stuff all the time. And then give some some tips on when you make that call. Give us a little bit of call cadence tips, some some of the things that that just really 
loan officers and lenders would need to understand to really maximize their lead productivity. For sure. And so, you know, we do a lot of our work with the system Velocify and Velocify over the year has done a ton of studies around, uh, you know, the, the, the effects of speed to lead or the effects of prioritization of these things. And the stat that, you know, is always actually it's on my mouse pad right here that I've had for years is that 391% greater chance of converting the lead if you call the lead within one minute of the lead hitting wow. your system. Yep. Um, now, you know, a lot of times this is for internet leads. This is for if a customer maybe went to the you know, online and hit submit, but it also could be if you get a lead from your realtor, a real yep. estate agent, if you can call them quickly, you're not only showing value to your real estate agent and your partner, but you're also showing that customer like, hey, this is important. I'm an important customer to this to this lender. Um, so that's really big. Now, from a prioritization standpoint, how we follow up and the structures that we do, every lead's a little different, right? So, you know, it could be, uh, you know, if it comes from a realtor partner, referral partner, maybe you don't need to call it as often as you would as someone who's you've got online. So there's, there's some nuanced stuff there, but I think where we're really starting to move the needle and, and identify opportunities is uh, using not just the attributes of the data you have. So if you bought an internet lead and you know the type of loan that it is or the potential LTV or you know the loan amounts or whatever it is, we can help score that lead. And there's been scoring models forever. Yeah. Uh, always, you know, you can get, go out there and, and buy a model and, and they can add a lead score. But where we're taking it to the next level now is using what we call it an engagement score. How engaged is your customer with your content? So most people send emails, right? And we can automate those emails, as we said, but are you tracking whether or not the customer has opened or better yet, clicked on a link in the email? Yep. And if you're tracking those things and you have a system like Philosophy does this, we're able to, to track when's the last time they opened or clicked on an email. And then we use that and score that metric into uh, the scoring model. And the scoring model now can be used for your prioritization. So in your example of 25 leads to call, we can now use the score that looks at the data points on the lead record and the engagement. Someone who has maybe not the best attributes up front, but they're opening your emails and they're clicking on the link to go to your landing page to understand more about your process and what you do. These types of things are really valuable data points to have. So now we can use those, uh, the engagement, we can score that differently. So that lead that was maybe number 20 is now at, at number eight or seven. And as I go work through my list, I'm now calling those customers who are most engaged with me first. And I think when we start to layer that in along with the data points that we have about the customer, we're really making it to where the loan officers are trusting more and more the prioritization structure that we set in place. You know, it's really hard to come up with a unified strategy for an organization because every yeah. loan officer does it a little differently. And as much as you try to get them to use the system, it just, you know, sometimes they, they think they know best. And so, you know, we want to set it up in a way that they really buy into it and they understand that the leads at the top of the list are the gold, work through it and you know and, and get through the list and at the end of the day you should have nothing left in your list because you've called everybody you don't want to come in tomorrow with 15 leads to call from yesterday on top of all the other leads you have to call from today so really work to get through that list and and you know i think we've really seen some success with the buy-in from loan officers now saying okay i'm gonna uh, let the company take the wheel i'm just gonna work from top to bottom they see the success they're calling more leads and ultimately closing more loans Good. So address for me for a minute. Um, you know, we, we're, we're talking about leads and I know that, that, you know, you've got the consumer direct side, you've got the retail side and, and you know, we work with both sides of that house. You do too. And mm -hmm. I, I find constantly that retail loan officers, many times when you mention even the word lead, they think, well, that's, you know, internet based. That's not what I do. And they don't apply right. the principles 
that have been steadfast in a consumer direct environment where it's super competitive and you've got to be very responsive. Many times I think because of the relationship with the realtor, loan officer might think, well, you know what? The realtor's already referred them. You know, they, 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 they've got trust in the realtor. I'm the lender of choice, so I don't have to get back right away. I'm of the mindset you have to apply the same exact principles of speed and responsiveness to the retail world that you do to the consumer direct world. Because at the end of the day, you said it very well a moment ago. What you're dictating and communicating is you're important. That me getting back to you quickly tells you that you're important as my customer. It sends a great message to the realtor that you are a high service, high customer experience type individual. And most importantly, competition is fierce today. These customers are getting hammered. They're going online. They're getting hammered by other companies. Loyalties aren't what they used to be. So just because a realtor referred it doesn't mean you're necessarily going to keep that deal. How do you feel about this? I've always been the the mindset of you got to be high tech and high touch both. Mm -hmm. And you want to really apply these same principles into all worlds. Give me some thoughts on your view of that. Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, the worst thing that could happen um, for both the customer experience and also uh, the realtor kind of trusting you is for your real estate agent to reach out to your customer, to the borrower and say, hey, have you heard from the lender yet? And if they say no, yep. not good, not good for all parties, right? And so, yep. uh, you know, my belief is you call them right away as soon as you can. Now you may be at a closing, you might be, you know, on the phone with someone else, but you need to have something in place that is at least notifying them right away. A good example we work with a lot today uh, is consumer direct lenders who are working, you know, we see a huge opportunity in overnight leads and weekend leads. So one of the examples I like to use, I have a lender out in St. Louis who uh, we implemented this new uh, weekend strategy and they're a consumer direct lender, but on the weekend, you know, they're, they're a dad and, and they're out and about, they become kind of like a retail loan officer. They're doing stuff on their phone and remotely not in the office. And so we've set up ways that loan officers you know, on the weekend can take these phone calls of a new lead coming in. And, and the message is this, is that, Hey, Mr. Customer, you know, I know it's Saturday. I'm actually at my son's soccer game and it's halftime. I just decided to, you know, to pick up and call you real quick. I just wanted you to introduce myself. Uh, you're going to receive an email that has my application link in there. It'd be great if you could go fill it out for us. Uh, so that on Monday morning, when I come in, I can go ahead and get all the stats for you. But I just wanted to make sure you knew that you're, that you're important to us. And I'm going to call you on the Saturday, unlike other lenders who may not be calling you. And we use that tactic there to really show the customer, you know, even if you can't take a full application, if you can at least have a brief conversation with them, build some trust, some credibility, and then drive them to your application, that's better than waiting, you know, 12 hours, 24 hours, 40 hours to, before you call them, and yep. then trying to kind of play catch up from there. Awesome. And, and boy, you're speaking volumes to a customer when you're taking that personal time and you're connecting with them on a personal relationship through that so that they know that you matter to them. That's really the key to all of this. Um, so, so I love that. I love that strategy. Talk a little bit about, um, you know, what are you seeing out in the marketplace from the vantage point of best times to contact customers, uh, best time to convert those leads? Is there certain times of days? Is there certain days of week that you say, you know, studies show that these are the times when you really have the most success? Because that's a constant question that I get all the time from lenders and loan officers is when's the optimum time that we should be trying to reach out to get with these customers? So, so there's two, two sides to this. One is the internet lead. I have an, a really good example for that. And then the, the, the realtor lead or the referral lead, we can talk a little differently there, but ultimately there's a data point. Not a lot of people use and a lot of people think about, 
And that is what time of the day did the lead come into the system? Yep. And they forget about that date and time. Now, of course, you know, day one, day two, you want to call them at different times throughout the day and try to get something. Uh, but try to always call them whenever you call them around the same time of the day that the lead came in. And actually, yep. it's not just, let's say the lead comes in at noon, I need to call them at noon. My recommendation is to call them at 1130. Because someone who went on to an internet website and started to you know, look for a mortgage, they didn't just go to a website and hit submit. They were doing some research online 20 minutes before, 30 minutes before. And there's a good time there, right? So if it's 1130, let's say, and it's my lunch break at work and I'm going out and shopping for a mortgage, it's probably a good time each day throughout the week that I'm available because it's yep. my lunch break. Yep. Use that data point strategically to know uh, the, when to call. We use this a lot on age leads, for example. So if I'm calling a lead that's 15 plus days old, you would not believe the number of contacts you'll get on some of your age leads, money you've already spent money on, you know, dollars you've already spent that, you know, that a lot of people have thrown in the trash can at this point, more than 15 yep. days. But if you're using that strategy to call them around the same time of the day the lead came in, you're going to see some really gold in some of these leads because, you know, think about uh, a really competitive lead space where someone's hitting submit and they're getting calls from five lenders. They got blown up. Their phones are blown up. They're, you know, they're in a, a state of fatigue as it relates to the mortgage. You know, maybe they didn't move forward and it was just kind of fatigued through it. And you can let it rest for a little bit and then call them around the same time of the day uh, that, that uh, they put it in. It's huge. The, the idea came from, to be honest, when I was at NationStar, we, uh, we had a huge servicing portfolio. And one of the ideas that I had was to go out and ask our servicing partners, could you provide me what time of the day customers call in to make yep. a payment or to call in about a question about their mortgage? And we used that time of day for our outbound strategies. We said, okay, if they're available to call customer service historically around these times of the day, how can we use those? strategically on our outbound efforts to try to get good. them on the phone. So uh, I think there's some there's some really good gold data points that not a lot of people think about that you already have right there just by looking at what time did the lead come in. Awesome. So you said something earlier that is a hot button for me of all hot buttons in today's marketplace. In fact, it's, it's maybe the number one mistake that I've been seeing with loan officers nationwide. And I want you to talk a little bit more about that. And that was when you talked about how in today's tech world that we live in, we take uh, online application systems and we just become link providers. You know, the loan officer gets on the phone with that customer for, you know, all of 30 seconds. It's, oh, let me let you. Can I send you a link? And they send that link out to that bar and they let them self-serve. And, and I've used this analogy many times. You know, when I was in high school in 1979, I worked at a gas station. It was a full service gas station. And, you know, in those days, when, when you came to get gas, I walked out of the place. I pumped your gas. I washed your windows. I, I, I checked your you know fluid levels checked your tires, all yep. that stuff, and took care of everything. That went away in the 1970s. But imagine today if you pulled into a self-service gas station that you go to every day, and it was the middle of the winter, and it was cold, and all of a sudden, somebody comes out of the inside of that, you know, where the gas station's at, and they say, stay in your car. They swipe your card. They, they fill your gas. They, they, they wipe your windshield. They take care of your, you know, all your fluids. Are you ever going to go to another place? Never again. You'll always go to Never that again. gas station. It's the same analogy to me in the mortgage business. I see this all the time where loan officers use their technology. And the problem is they devoid relationship when they do it. So what happens is even if the borrower doesn't jump off at those critical moments, you're going to have abandons like crazy when you do this because you've established no relationship. You've created no benefits up front. But even if they happen to complete the application, I see the problem being that 
when you get on with them, you're going straight to an offer. So it's just all about numbers. It's all about the rates and the loan and all that stuff. You've never had a chance to connect with your borrowers and create that high tech, high touch combination we're looking for. Can, can you speak to that a little bit more? Because I think that was such an incredibly important point and one that I've been banging for, for years now. Yeah. I mean, it really is huge. And you know, a lot of times, even with like the automated communications, emails and SMS, when that link becomes even more prevalent, uh, you know, they, they just kind of, well, if you're, you know, I've always, I've heard some loan officers say, well, you know, well, if they weren't committed to filling out the entire application, they're probably not going to do the mortgage. So that's not, that's not the case. No. The case is you need to build that relationship, build that rapport. You need to, you know, so does it take a long conversation, you know, at the start of every call? Probably not. You can build good rapport really quickly with a customer and build that trust so that they can get to uh, that part of it, you know, get through the application. One of the things, interesting things we've done um, is for, as we drive customers, we're able to track which customers have clicked on which links to certain uh, provide or certain, um, you know, uh, POS services. So as they've clicked on this link, we know that it didn't actually come from a referral from the loan officer. It was just someone who got an email, generic email and clicked submit. And one of the things that, that we've built is uh, with one POS in general, or in particular, is that um, we're able to get, as they get through each section of the application, we're able to get a status update back into the lead management system. So we're able to see when they get to the first section, cool. that's where they're at. The second section, we know that the drop-off typically happens on the fourth section because yep. that's where they're asked to enter the social security number. Right. So one of the strategies we built, it says when they get to section two, now we've gotten their address, their name, their phone number. They're pretty committed to this point. We actually, we actually then shotgun with shotgun method and Velocify, where we then shotgun it out to an available licensed loan officer. And the first person who can take it wins it. And now they're calling the customer in the middle of the application. And I thought in the beginning, that's kind of weird that we're going to disrupt them through the application. But what we do is we make the call then to say, hey, my name is Scott. I'm a loan officer here. I know you already started the application. I don't mean to disrupt you. I just want to give you a heads up. You're about to hit some sections coming up here soon that might throw you for a loop. You might see your social security number needed. Let me tell you a bit more about why we need that. Uh, you're going to see into your bank information. If you're not comfortable doing that now, no problem. Click this link at the bottom, but understand that if you can provide that update, we'll be able to give you a better quote and all of that. And so you're able to build the rapport with that customer during the application. Don't even let, let them get to an abandoned application. Yep. And we're now able to build that, that kind of interaction. And so, um, you know, as it relates to the, the link pushers, I love that term, the link pushers, right? Um, you know, it's really understanding too. also, you know, what time of the day did they start the application? Use that as well. So they have the lead date or when it came from a referral partner, but when did they start the application and, you know, and when do they abandon so that you can try to call them maybe tomorrow around the same time of the day to do it again. Uh, you know, ultimately, you know, we don't want to be the link pushers, but sometimes it happens and, and customers are getting more and more used to this. Hey, just send me the link and I'll fill it out. You yeah. know, hear that more and more today. So, you know, you got to make sure you're optimized with how you're following up for those customers who get to that point and drop off. And I think you just said something really important there. You know, some customers are going to proactively say to the loan officer, look, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in a hurry, but, I, but I'm interested. I want you to send me the link and I will fill that information out. And then I want to talk to you about a loan. What I'm seeing that is bothersome to me is we're as the originator, we're initiating that. That person might not even be tech minded. We're like, well, do you have access to email? You know, I can just send you a link right now and you just go ahead and fill it out. To me, that's a fundamental problem because that person may have appreciated and enjoyed and really wanted to have a relationship with a loan officer. Because remember, 
what is a loan officer's greatest value? It's your advice. It's it's the relationship you establish that bar and the advice you give them and the way you got them through the process. I'm a huge advocate with online applications of actually being on the phone with the borrower, shooting them the link while you're on the call, staying on with them so that they have any issues. And then you're kind of hitting those pain points as they're going and you're talking to them about deeper issues. Like, so you're buying a home. Tell me a little bit about the neighborhood you're looking in and, and the, the, the price range you're looking at and why that price range. And tell me about the down payment. You can get into conversation with them while they're completing this, it really adds a lot of value. Do you see the same kind of thing from your perspective? Absolutely. One thing I was going to add too that I think is important here is to when when the, if they do give them the link and they ask for the links, go ahead and ask them. Okay, when can I expect you to fill this out and get a commitment, a time commitment from them? Is it you know are you going to fill it out now? Or are you going to fill it out tomorrow? Or are you going to fill it out in a week? Give me some so I can set that you know in the system to then remind me to follow up. Hey, this customer said they were going to do it tomorrow. It's now three days later and they haven't, so we can follow up there. Um, the other, you know, I think a uh, big thing that we've done is we've started to integrate a little bit more with calendar systems. And the reason for that is, uh, you know, everyone ha- has their own calendar and they're really busy throughout the day. We want to make sure we block people's time. Um, but what I have found over time is that if you can get a customer to commit to something, in this case, an appointment. So, hey, here's my link. I'm going to send you a link. Well, let's go ahead, me and you, let's schedule our follow-up call when we're going to review this together. And we've automated this essentially where you take an action in Velocify or it fires a, a text message to the customer with your calendar link. And you ask them on the phone, hey, I just sent you a text. And you click on that real quick, click on the link and let's go find a time. And when the customer is the one scheduling the time versus me just saying, hey, do you want to call? I'll call you back tomorrow at two. But when they actually go and click the two o'clock and they you know, hit submit and it sends them a calendar invite right then and there, it blocks the loan officer's time. The borrower is much more committed to having that and you know they feel a sense of deadline on getting the application completed so that when you follow up with them tomorrow and you now have an appointment they're more likely to complete that application so uh just a little trick trick there that we've done with a couple Good of people stuff. that is really really paid off great so let me ask you this question all right L- let's speak for a moment to the the loan officer out there that's working for a company today that the company provides all of the technology that you need to succeed, CRM systems, POS systems, LOS system, all of those different things. Yet this loan officer is that, you know, kind of old school mindset or they're just, they're intimidated by technology. They they don't want to embrace it. I want you to speak to that loan officer for a minute and, and give, there's two things I'd like you to answer. One is, what would you say to that loan officer to, to make them understand the importance of adapting and adopting into today's tech world? And then what would you say to that lender is the number one thing that they can do to get better usage out of their technologies with their loan officer? So, so we get both sides of that equation covered. So let me start with two, if that's okay, because sure. it'll lead into one as well. So, you know, one of the things we talk a lot about, and it, you know, it is really shadowing and understanding what your people are doing. What is their process? And if you can understand what that is, you can usually build technology around that somewhat, you know, nothing too crazy, right? So an example yep. that we do, uh, when we do an implementation for a larger company, um, and maybe in that retail kind of space where they kind of can do their own kind of thing, but we want them to do as much as possible. What we'll do is we'll create like two or three personas and say, are you this type of loan officer? Are you the one who likes to call your leads as fast as possible? Or are you the one that likes to do this and that? Persona B looks more like this. Persona C looks more like this, right? And, and those you know allow people to choose what their persona is. What is their preferred method on how they follow up with leads or what have you? 
awesome. then we go in and actually set up Velocify to, you know, Velocify lead management comp system to say, persona A strategy is this, B is this, C is this, and then we can attribute those personas to each person. And even if we can get them to follow at least some sort of lead management or, or prioritization or, you know, uh, follow-up structure, it's better than what they're doing now. And so even if C, persona C, isn't all that good, it's not something we would recommend, at least it's better than what they're doing now. And what we find over time is that the C's, as they start using the system and technology more, they're like, hey, I actually want to be a B now, or I want to be an A, or I've really learned the value of this, I want to become an A, and we can flip that around. And before you know it, you have more A's and B's than you do C's. Um, because they start to understand how all of that fits in. So I think if you start there at the lender side, that feeds into that, that, uh, the loan officer. The other thing we do a lot of too is, um, you know, I talked a lot about the secret shop. And for those that aren't familiar, real high level, what we do is we put a lead in with a loan officer or uh, on a website, and then we track every phone call and text message and email that we get for 10 days. Yep. We track it all. We don't pick up the phone. We don't answer. I have a whole system in place for this kind of division of our company almost at this point. We do it so much. Um, and then we go as far to call the customer or call the loan officer back. The customer calls back. We're able to spoof numbers and all of this stuff. And we, we have a conversation or ultimately we leave a lot of voicemails because the loan officer doesn't answer their phone. And we ask for a call back on a certain day at a certain time. And then we track what happens. Do they follow up? Do they call back on time? Surprisingly, they don't, unfortunately. Um, and so we have to then go kind of put things in place to, to help do this. And so the reason why I tell the story is it's, it's super impactful for a lender to understand what are your salespeople actually doing? We talk about inspecting what you expect. It's a yep. great tool to do that. But what we do is lever that, leverage that also with salespeople. We say, here's Tommy, you know, loan officer, and he's the number one loan officer in the company. Here's, we put a lead in for Tommy and here's what he did. We show them on a timeline as to what follow-up strategy we got. And did we get a call back on time? Most of the time we did. And here's, we're not going to mention the name because we don't want to call someone out, but here's someone who's at the bottom level and here's how they follow up. And something triggers when you see it on a timeline format with, with salespeople to understand like, wow, I didn't realize that when I don't call my leads, it looks like this from the customer's perspective when the top producers are now doing it. And I see it more visually as to here's how they're doing it. We found that. a lot of buy-in with that. So for some companies, we do this every quarter. They use it in their sales team meetings. And what we find too is that now, you know, the bottom loan officers, they never know who, like if, if this customer is one of these leads that we're putting in and tracking. And so uh, it's really provided, you know, a lot of value to the company because everyone's kind of on their A game throughout the day, every day, because yep. they never know if it's going to be that lead that's going to be shown to the next sales meeting. Yep. And I can certainly attest to that. You know, Scott, you and I have had a chance to work together with many of our clients. And, and I know that we always, um, you know, refer and recommend you into them. And and uh, we've had a chance to work together for, for many years now. And and we've heard nothing but great feedback about how that that really has made a difference with those shopper calls in the performance that we've seen. And And, and I really... I want to make sure that anybody listening to this today, that they understand that, look, your leads are invaluable. You know, I, I'm going to go back to the old days <laughs> when, when I was a manager, managing salespeople in the manual world. I used to literally take a thousand dollar bill, blow it up to the size of a legal 
piece of paper. And that's what I used to print off 1003s on for my loan officers. <laughs> when they were completing an application, they were looking at a thousand dollars. I go, the reason I'm having you do that is I want you to understand every person you ever talk to in your career, every lead you ever get, every referral you ever get, every customer you ever come in contact with, that's money in your pocket or that's money you throw in the garbage, depending on what you do with it. And it all comes down to your follow-up. It comes down to how responsive you are up front. It comes to how you stay in contact. And, and I love what you said earlier. Just because that lead didn't convert in the first week or two weeks doesn't mean that lead is done. There is lots of opportunity for that lead down the road because things change. The market changes. They, they might be in process and that company might mess it up and they're unhappy and you catch them at a timely call. There's always opportunities to convert if you just stay after them. I think that's really critical. If you were to give one tip, just the, the, the we'll call it the secret sauce tip to a loan originator today about handling leads and handling referrals and the most important thing they must do to convert those into closed sale deal, what would that be? You know, I hate to go back to the prioritization piece of it, but you know, I feel like I have to because yep. ultimately, we, as you mentioned, we only have 24 hours in our day and how do we use that? And when using that prioritization structure, uh, one of the metrics that I always use is that if you use a follow-up prioritization structure, such as we set up in Velocify, it could be any system really. I have a prioritization over here in my OneNote that that I use. I don't remember the name of it, but essentially it's the matrix essentially where I'm putting important and urgent. And, and I, you know, you have to have some sort of prioritization, even if you don't have that lead management system doing it for you. But what we, what we find and what the studies have found with Velocify doing these white papers is that the companies who use a prioritization structure nearly all of the time, their salespeople are able to make 49% more contact attempts per day. Wow. And so what I do with salespeople is kind of back in the numbers. Let's say, how many, how many phone calls are you making per day? And back in my day, of course, it was like 100 calls per day. But today, we just use a basic number of 20 calls. And if you can make 49% more contact attempts just by following the structure, you're now making 30 calls a day, right? 10 more calls per day. And if you multiply that out, it just becomes a number game at this point. We can back into the numbers. 22 yep. business days in a month. Now we're making 220 more contact attempts. We're now making, if we have a, let's just say 50% contact rate, I now have 110 more contacts that I've made. And you start back into the numbers, you can close 10, 15 more loans per month, literally yep. just by following this prioritization structure. You didn't do anything different. You didn't put any more effort into it. All you did was you knew of what was most important from top to bottom and you worked that order from top to bottom every day and you ultimately close more loans with doing the same level of effort. So that's the number one thing I can give. It's just like, you know, free money at this point, right? It's free, I love it. free opportunity. It is. And, and the one thing I've always advocated, and I'd love to get your thought on this, is I, I'm always an advocate of do it every day consistently for smaller periods of time versus, oh, you know what? Now I have no business, so I'm going to just start pounding the phones. We do these, these crazy intensive periods, and then we build up a pipeline, and then it dissipates again, and then we're doing it all over again. I've always been a believer. Every day, you're, you're, you're making a consistent number of calls every day. No matter how many inbound referrals or leads you're getting, you still want to be doing some outbound calling to generate those additional opportunities for yourself, because what that does is when the market shifts, you're already an expert at doing outbound. And you know what? You're never going to go backwards. You're always going to have great numbers. Any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, I, I even started to use this in my own personal life here with, with work, you know, in my business now, even though I'm not a loan officer anymore, I was for years, but the idea of starting my day with sales activities, not existing business, right? So you've talked yep. a lot about over the years about 
do not come in and check your voicemail first thing because yep. there's nothing but bad news in the voicemail. That's right. Focus on making your outbound activities, right? And you know, have your set time to do that. And then you can get to the existing stuff because if you're not doing it every day, it's a great time to come into your day, you know, and, and you've talked a lot too about, you know, warming up and getting ready on your way into the office, you know, or what, what have you. So you come in ready to sell, sell, get some wins under your belt. Then you can move on to the bad, you know, the, the bad news, quote unquote, or, or, you know, the, the voicemails that are sitting there. And then, you know, make sure you have a set time throughout each day. Um, you know, it's tough with the, the inquiry time of day stuff that I talked about, because you want to call them around the same time of the day. So you can set reminders right. for certain customers at certain points because they may not fall into your outbound time of the day. So you've got to make right. sure that you have a nice mixture throughout the week to work on new business versus existing business. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to have the roller coaster months of good business, bad, you know, and then have to cut back. Good. What would be one tip that you would give to managers, leaders who are uh, overseeing sales teams that is, you think, the most important thing they must do to make sure that they're managing their loan officers well to, to make sure that they're maximizing their lead opportunities and their referrals? Yeah, one thing that we that we talk a lot about is, uh, you know, the each loan officer has their own prioritized view in Velocify as an example, but managers need to have visibility into what that is. And they need to take these things in, into account, such as if I'm gonna schedule a one hour meeting during the week, I wanna make sure that I'm scheduling at a time that people don't have follow-up calls to make for their customers. Or um, if I go in and I see that I have, you know, 30 leads waiting for their second call, I might need to jump in and, and maneuver some things around to help optimize that day. I know that Billy's out of the office today, so I need to move Billy's leads over and, and have a, a method for that. Um, and so, you know, Good. I was talking about having extra monitors at your desk if you need to, what have you, or at least always have your team's prioritization up and refreshing every five minutes so that you can see, are you staying on track of your leads per day? A lot of managers today get caught up in the pipeline and moving stuff through, and they forget about that front end piece, which loan officers obviously need to have as well, which is, am I going to follow up with my leads to drive the business for tomorrow and the next week and so on and so forth? Great. So here's where I want to I want to finish off today. Um, you're, you're a young man, Scott, and I, I've been around you a long time and I've already said how much I love you as a human being, but you're also just an incredible leader in the industry. Um, you, you are I, I would I would classify you as one of one of the if not the most knowledgeable guy in the CRM space that there is. Um, and that's why I'm always so honored to be around you and, and love referring you into people that uh, that can use you. And you've been very successful in your career. And, and I know there's reasons for that. And, and I, I know that, you know, for me, and I think the same for you, all of us who've had any kind of success, it's because two things happened. We had a teachable spirit, number one, and we probably had some mentors in our life that helped us become successful. So if you could kind of, uh, to close this out, if you could just share with uh, the audience, what has been the key to your success? What, what is there a mentor in your life? Is there, is there an, a, 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 something that an event that took place, something that people can be encouraged by something that could help them understand just what does it take to be a Scott Payne in life? What would that thing be? So, you know, obviously I wouldn't recommend this to anybody, but um, you know, my, um, my story, a lot of people don't know this, but when I was nine years old, my father committed suicide. No, and, you know, you know, and, and I was the oldest of three boys and, um, you know, as going through life, I always found myself, um, kind of gravitating towards mentor, like father figures, if you will, throughout my life. Okay. And, you know, 
there's been different stages throughout my career. If I'm in, you know, high school was my football coaches and in college, it was a friend of mine from years past in, uh, who is really started to become really successful in the business world. Um, fast forward into nation star to home captain and on to, you know, where I'm at now, everybody I'm finding, you know, somebody who's helped me along the way, whether it be John Leno at Velocify or Josh Evans back at Velocify or Marianne Harwood at nation star, uh, just a number of people that have had, you know, this, this teachable, right. They're, they're open to teach. And I guess maybe part of me wanting to learn from them. Uh, and, and, you know, I think that's helped me along the way. Interestingly enough, my, um, my father-in-law, I would say, if you were to ask me, my mentor at this moment in my life is my father-in-law, uh, Jim Fullins, awesome. who, he was a, you know, an executive of the associates and has a really deep financial service background. And, uh, you know, he has really helped me over the last, you know, couple of years with the business and the business that I'm in now and helping me grow the business and see the vision and do a lot of the things that, uh, you know, that I just need help with, you know, being a, a small business owner. Um, and so, you know, not only from the personal side, but, you know, from the, uh, but also the business side. So, you know, it's tough to say I have one mentor. There's so many people that have been so helpful in different ways in my life. And I think a lot of it is, again, just kind of me yearning to have a father figure of some kind in my life, just, you know, because it just, that's the way the, the cards played out over the years and you make the most of it. That's an incredible story. I'm so sorry to hear about your dad. I mean, I did I did know that story and certainly um, sad to hear you went through that. And it's interesting because I think you know my story too. I lost a brother when I was 14. And because of that, for the next four or five years, my mom and dad were going through very difficult times. So I didn't really have a father figure like I normally did during those critical years. And I think my career was a lot the same as yours. I was seeking out people all the time in that position and that really helps. So for everybody out there, it's it's a great way to learn. And I, I was I was smiling when you said Jim Fullen. I had no idea that Liz was Jim Fullen's daughter. I was an operations vice president at Associates uh, Corporation for two years. I worked for a guy named Bob Janning, who was best friends with Jim Fullen. I know Jim well, great guy. Please give him my best. There's a great mentor right there. Not only is he a good guy to have as a father-in-law, but he knows the business inside and out. And it's so important yeah. that we have those people in our life that speak you know, knowledge into us, that speak hope into us, that speak encouragement into us. I think it's a really key secret to success. And Scott, I really appreciate you sharing your story. So I want to thank you again so much for being on, on this on this broadcast. I couldn't have thought of anybody that I would have wanted to start the first one with more than you. I just really respect you as a human being, as an individual, and as a leader in our industry. And you have so much to offer people. And I really appreciate you sharing so many tips. I know that you and I talked backstage beforehand. You know, you and I have worked together through Mortgage Professionals Providing Hope, which is the charity that we that we've funded since 2007 to help a homeless in the U.S. be housed, to help orphans in India, to help kids in Guatemala get get uh, fed and get educated. We believe in housing people that can't be housed and helping those that can't be helped. Um, and you have been a great, great, great proponent of that. You've been a great partner in that. Not only have you given personally and your company has, but you have, you've done all kinds of matching and sharing. And I know you asked me to kind of uh, give you a moment to talk a little bit about what you're doing in that, um, that people can dive into if they want to. Absolutely. You know, I, I think that um, this kind of ties into when my, my father passed away. Um, you know, we weren't, I wasn't in a situation where we actually, you know, had to like live in a car, but, you know, we did have, um, you know, we couldn't go to the house to get clothes and we had to rely on a local charity here in the Dallas area to provide us with food and, and clothes for that short time period until, 
you know, a, a week or so. And, and that always tugs at my heart. And one of the things that you've talked about on a couple of podcasts is how your wife will go to the local Walmart parking lot and drive around mm-hmm. and try to find families in need who need help. And so, uh, you know, that really kind of hit me as, is like, you know, really want to be a part of this. And uh, I've heard you talk about it at conferences for years. And, and it wasn't until, I don't know, a couple of years ago where I said, you know what, it's t- time to stop saying, hey, great job, Dale. Let's, let's help Dale out especially as, as great times as we've had in the mortgage business, as far as financial times, we're just, you know, everyone's doing well, let's give back and help out. And so, you know, I think you've shared with me some of the money that, that we've donated or got donated helps those and helps the effort to, to house yeah. a family who's going through that. So that's, I'm just so proud to be a, a part of that and, and help other families out. So um, yeah, but w- one of the things that we did back when you were on my podcast was made a, a uh, kind of a, offer to, to people who were listening that said if they made a donation that SDP solutions would match their offer. And to this point, we've kept that open. So all of my clients who I talk to, I always recommend, hey, if you have some extra you know, funds, it'd be great if you were to do this, I'll match your donations. I've even done work for clients um, where I don't have a contract in place and just say, hey, rather than go through and pay me, can you just make a donation to, to this and I'll match it. And so now we're even helping out even more. I think we're close to $22,000 or something over the last amazing. Uh, year and a half. So yep. really, really good stuff there. And the offer still stands. So anyone who's listening today, um, I'm sure we can provide a link with the podcast or, or what have you for them to go on and make a donation there. SDP Solutions will match that. Uh, and so you're making double the impact with, with just a donation. Well, Scott, I can't even tell you how much that just blesses me and and how amazing that is. I'm so appreciative of you. And you know what? We'll step up, too, for this podcast. So anybody that goes to that link that we create, uh, our company, VCI, will also match on top of that. So now they're tripling what they get in there, which is a pretty cool thing. And uh, I just love you, my friend. I appreciate you. You're you're a great man. Um, uh, Enjoy the time with with Allie and Ben and, and, uh, you know. (laughs) <laughs> the, yeah. the new car that we talked about that you're out have fun with that and uh any any closing comments any final words you want to share with us of wisdom i, I so appreciate you having and just really appreciate you being here yeah i'm really honored just to be with you dale i mean you've been such a you know uh, inspiration for all of us out there um you know when you hear dale is speaking you know it's a le- you know legit event or you know people want to show up to hear you hear what you have to say the bruce thompson stories never get old i mean just literally reset me every time i hear these things so uh you know you're you're a hero and thanks for all that you do no you're way too kind i appreciate that Love you, my friend. Thank you so much for being part of this. So glad you were the first one. And, and uh, this, is, this is the right way to launch it. God bless you. And I look forward to working with you for many, many years to come. You got it, Dale. Thanks, man. Love you, buddy. You too. Batting a Thousand is a production of Mortgage Champions, a company that's been transforming the people who transform companies since 1995. Have a suggested topic or guest? Contact my team on Twitter. That's at Dale Vermillion. Or tweet us using the hashtag Batting1000. That's hashtag Batting1000.